0: Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach Radio Program. If you have ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. I am your host, Patty Porter. My guest hosts, Dina Zemeta and Stephen Kotev, along with our guest experts will share our experiences raise your awareness and give you food for thought we will share with you problem-solving strategies no matter what your situation is at work with neighbors or friends family and partners tune in or join in the conversation every tuesday evening Well, welcome back, listeners. Can you believe it's fall already? October is Conflict Resolution Month, honored by various events and educational seminars throughout the U.S. And we continue our tradition of focusing on workplace conflict for our October series. Last year, we introduced a nonprofit organization providing online conflict resolution services and education. In this episode, Learning Bravery Through Brave, you will get an update on this cutting-edge online platform to manage conflicts at your school, work, or home. Now, Brave ultimately becomes the first option in workplaces, schools, in lieu of HRs, deans, and principals, standard policy. So in this way, there's less work for everyone. In addition, teaming up with groups including schools, workplaces, police departments, and task forces allows for accountability, where all parties are ensured to come together. Now, returning with me uh, tonight is Remy Alley, who is the CEO of Brave, and she returns to speak with us as well as Sue J. Shetty. Now, Remy holds a J.D., a master's degree in health law, and a background in psychology. Uh, She also is a national legal scholar, having just won her first place in a recent AJA legal competition. Congratulations, Remy, on that. Uh, um, Thank you. And then we, yes, absolutely. Um, And Sujay Shetty, S-H-E-T-T-Y, is a project manager for Brave. And Sujay is the president of Resident Hall's association, representing approximately 10,000 residents who live on campus. He can talk to you at length about the Michigan Wolverines, public policy, social justice, traveling, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and my favorite, anything having to do with chocolate. (laughs) So he is pursuing a career in technology, product management, and related fields and is excited to be part of the innovation team at Brave. And Sujay and Remy, welcome to the program.
1: Thank Thank you you so
2: much for having us. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, folks, you know, um, you have been with us for a long time now. We do have our chat room open at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Texas dash conflict dash coach. So um, if you decide uh, you're listening in, you want to join us in the chat room, you can do that. And we also have our interns uh, tweeting tonight live, and we're using the hashtag conflict chat. So join us there. You can leave your comments and questions, and we'll bring them into the, uh, to the program so, Remy and Sujay, you're, Sujay, how long have you been with Brave now?
1: Sure. Um, so I actually am a fairly recent um, uh, member for, for, for Brave. Uh, I, I just joined this summer, um, uh, at the end of the summer. And so I've only been here for a little bit over a month, uh, but it's been, definitely been a very exciting um Uh, month definitely so far we've been doing a lot of exciting things uh, and I'm really looking forward to um, what we'll do next on the innovation team
0: well that's wonderful and how exciting you're already on the radio program within the month of you working with Ray so that must be exciting too
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely definitely
0: all right. Well, let's, uh, let's refresh our listeners' minds about uh, what BRAVE is. Now, BRAVE is B-R-A-V, and, and, and like I said, it's been a year. You did a two-part program for us last year, and uh, you've been very involved. I know there's been a lot of uh, development. So can you just remind our listeners what BRAVE is, what your organization hopes to achieve?
2: Definitely. So first I want to say thank you again for having us. We really enjoy Um, talking to you whenever we can, Patty. Um, Brave is essentially the idea of empowering yourself. And so what we're seeing is just dramatic issues and conflicts, particularly in workplaces all over. So brave is essentially a way to empower yourself. It's a play on words. It's brave without the E. Um, We use the overline in order to suggest the, the pronunciation being the same as the typical spelling of BRAVE. And um, we essentially get people together to train in conflict management strategy, and they in turn manage the conflicts of others, including employees, directly on our website.
0: So they're really, not only are they powering themselves individually, but hopefully they're building some capacity within the workplace organization from what they take back from the experience with BRAVE, from the training end
2: of it. Perfect. It's really holistic in that regard.
0: Okay, great. So, what have uh, so on a high level now? But your organization, but it's not just about training, is it? It's it, there's other components in what you're trying to do as well. Can you also clarify that?
2: Yeah. So we use all types of communications that are available available to us today in technology. CJ um, will go into that a little bit more, but so far we've employed emojis, which are the um, little smileys that are able to allow employees to identify their emotions that they're having and um, essentially just kind of help them out to gain a feel as to how they're feeling, if they're in a hostile environment or not, and those emo- uh, emojis can be sent to us and we can then begin a conversation as to the, the best way to kind of handle it, maybe through their own training to increase their skill set or even managing their their conflict on our chat platform. We also right. have automated chatbots. Chatbots being the new um, form of apps and everybody's seeming to like them. So it's kind of like an Apple Siri for concept management. Okay, so just, great. Yeah. Well,
0: that, and, and you're kind of going in that direction, so maybe, Sujay, um, and I know that you're new to Brave in particular, but probably not to product development, so what are some of the new developments development since last year, um, trendy kind of stuff like the emoji uh, that you'd like to add about Brave? Because it is a whole technology online platform.
1: Right, right. Uh, so technology is central to, to Brave's mission. Um, so we really, with within our in our in our, tech, in our tech solutions, we really try to facilitate uh, healthy dialogue between the different parties, um, facilitated by a, like a brave uh, a brave one, our uh, that's the name for our, our facilitators, um, and we empower our facilitators to to do the best they can through technology. Uh, so it's something that we focus really heavily on within our product teams here, at brave product and innovation teams, is to uh, is is conscientious design of the product. So that means that when we a good product not only takes uh, healthy software engineering behind it, like a like a very nice design, good flow, all things like that, but it also takes uh, it takes uh, knowing the context of, of where that product is going to be used for the respective client or customer, um, and design that product to suit to suit those needs. Um, so and that is. Integrated within into the product development process uh, to make sure that uh, that our technology is 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 the best solution uh, out there for our for our clients, whether they're businesses, schools, sports teams, etc. Um, so, just like an example of like one of the interesting features that our technology now features is um, so within our live within our live chat um, that you can participate in uh, the live video chat. We also have you know, the, the text chat, which is adjacent to the screen at the same time, so it's easy to use. Um, multiple, we try to keep multiple features on the screen that, without overwhelming the user, so you don't have too many, too many buttons out there, uh, so you don't go in the wrong direction. Uh, it also can be multifaceted, so it's not only just one person on one person. You can have both parties talking to the facilitator at the same time. Um, on top of that, uh, we also have incorporated uh, something called like an e-digital mask, um, so a lot of times, uh, one of the big barriers to uh, to dialogue is that sometimes people are just uh, you know they don't want to show their face, right? Um, so what we've done is it, the e digital mask. It emulates facial expressions for those who don't want to show their faces. So that's just one of the um, one of the many things that our, our technology does. Um, in addition to just being very fluid, uh, easy to use, and reliable. So that's uh, that's really uh, what we've been working on here on the product team.
0: Sujay, could you clarify again? Did you say it was a visual mask?
1: Yes. Uh, so it's 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 a mask that the other the other uh, individuals within that conversation would, would see. Um, it's it's supposed to uh, instead of just being like an, an, like a another like standard anonymous. Um, that you see on like social media sites for people who don't upload profile pictures, it instead allows uh, the user to display uh, certain facial expressions uh, based on you know how, the, how that conversation could be going.
0: Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm glad yeah. you clarified that. So That's- The first thing I wanted to tap into from what you just said is, uh, you know, I, I use online technology a great deal myself in my conflict management practice. And in particular with uh, clients, especially if I'm doing, let's say, conflict coaching one-on-one with them, uh, sometimes even with facilitated dialogues. And in, um, and this comes up a lot because people were like, well, if you, if they were in your city and they were sitting in your office, they would be seeing you. So what's the big – you know, people are surprised when they're saying, well, people don't want to show their faces. And actually, that's more of a common issue uh, that people – Maybe they, and there's different reasons, you know, from my experience about people not wanting to show their faces but still wanting to be involved in the process is that, you know, maybe they feel that they're going to be judged or maybe they don't want people to see their facial expressions but they want to, um, you know, express the, the emotion and, and what a wonderful Option that you've given people to have this visual mask that allows them to participate and engage, feel empowered, um, and use whatever buttons to mimic, uh, like you said, uh, this user technology that allows them to still express their mood. Uh, so that's really exciting uh, that you're doing that. Um, so that, that is not uncommon, uh, and what a wonderful thing that you all thought about that element uh, of people getting involved.
2: I'm yeah, so definitely. glad that you understand its importance and you also see from your own um, background in that. We found that people have contacted us saying that's been a huge barrier, as T.J. had stated. And so we hope that can kind of help minimize people's deterrence from um, employing online conflict management as a resource for them in the workplace or elsewhere.
0: Okay, so before we go into um, an example of some of the hot topics, because you talk about some dramatic issues, and we certainly have had uh, in the U.S. some uh, dramatic hot topics uh, with the elections around the corner. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, But I want to make sure our our listeners, because this is an audio program right now, but I want to make sure that they understand visually what it is you're talking about. So listener, because uh, I was in your, your brave, uh, Remy, you and I got a chance to uh, sit down and kind of little uh, look a little bit at the, the screen of what I was visually looking at. So imagine you, listener, you're a party in a dispute, and you want to have a facilitated dialogue. Maybe you're in the workplace organization, and you and your coworker haven't been getting along, and you, you log into your computer. Now, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not saying all this correctly, but visually what's happening is you're looking on the screen, you have your webcam on unless you've got your visual mask displayed, but you have your webcam on your coworker, maybe your coworkers in another city and you're a part of a virtual team. they have their computer on, and in the room, you will see in the center, if I recall right. Um, you would see each other, and you would see the brave one, uh, the facilitator, as you just mentioned, Sujay. So we, the, you call the brave one, which is the facilitator trained in facilitating conversation. And in that room, you're not just looking like a, a straight video, like you would like in a Skype, but you're going to have these, uh, these, uh, like you said, the live. Uh, I believe you said the live video chat, the text chat, uh, the emojis that might be able to use, and and abilities to also write responses, but so you're visually seeing each other as if you were in the same room together, and then you have tools that you can use, uh, and the, the facilitator has tools that they can use to facilitate those conversations. Anything else you would want to add uh, from a listener's perspective if they were sitting in front of their computer, help them understand?
2: Yeah, that's a great. So in, in addition, we also have uh, the option to separate individuals if they want to speak uh directly to the brave one without any of the other parties being involved. That's the caucusing button, which you see in a a regular or typical mediation. Um, And we also have the panic button, which terminates the session in its entirety. And that sometimes becomes, you know, a necessity because people may not want to see something disturbing that occurs or uh, anything of that sort. So those are some of the other functionalities.
0: Did you call it the panic button? Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you did call it the panic button. Okay, all right. (laughs) So you're not going to be like, you know, hit the panic button and then your seat's going to go on fire and you're going to shoot into the air like out of an airplane or anything (laughs) like that. You're just going to end the session and and then, of course, there'll probably be a process for the brave one, you know, getting back with you and everything. Anything, Sujay, you wanted to add in terms of that visual experience?
1: Yeah, sure. So like, all that having all those options available, like within right at the users' uh, users' fingertips, within a easy navigate screen, uh, like allows it to be like a fluid experience. So, like let's say you were trying to facilitate conflict management um, through a, a mediator, but maybe through a through something like just Skype. Um, you would have a harder time not only like recording the conversation because you have to go through all these loopholes to record something on Skype, but you also have uh, you also you know, things like the panic button wouldn't be available to you. A lot of the uh, easy one of the features that I, I personally think is is very useful is um, being able to you know speak directly with the, with the mediator while temporarily keeping uh, keeping the other parties out of that specific conversation, having that be a fluid process and not be a huge interruption to that conflict management conversation. is is very, uh, very important towards uh, if, you know being efficient and being uh, successful in you know reaching some sort of understanding. So all these things make it make I think make uh, make brave Braves interface a superior interface uh, to compared to uh, many other options out there. Well, we also want to mention.
2: Go ahead. Sorry, we want to mention. The fact that you can upload uh, different evidence, via documents of of um, that show support your stance, or videos, or anything along that line during your session. Okay, okay, very
0: good. So lots of great technology and tools, and I can imagine for a lot of people this would provide a safe environment in which to participate without feeling like they've got to be in the same room with the people. Because, you know, we, we've talked many times on the show how many, many people are conflict avoiders. And maybe this gives another way for those who are very conflict avoidant to feel safe to participate in dialogues in a way that, that feels a little safer for them, uh, and yet still very real and very empowering. So it's, it's amazing the kind of technology and the, the extra tools that you brought into this platform uh, to provide that level of safety and also a way to empower. So uh, I'm really excited for you as, as this continues to grow for you and you get more and more uh, people involved. So let's take an example, um, because we are focused on workplace conflict, and because the idea is how do we have dialogues right how do we facilitate dialogues especially on really really hot topics and they can be very uh, controversial right as they make their way way into the workplace conversation and a lot of times we and probably even now right with all the elections that are going on there have been some very heated debates Uh, a lot of them have been unhealthy conversations uh... probably some of them have uh... you know gone into shouting and yelling matches and slamming doors i mean because people feel very very passionate about what is going on in the presidential elections here in the u.s and so that is definitely an example um, of many uh, that's happened in this country and other countries where we need to really have dialogue, not, not uh, debate in per, per se. And a lot of us find ourselves uh, just, you know, not just avoiding those conversations altogether. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to get, you know, people's feelings hurt. I don't want to say something I regret. Um, and before you know it, we get into a fight. But before we do that, could you define... What you would say is the difference between a debate and a dialogue, because I think that often gets confused by people.
1: Sure. Great, um, great. Okay, yeah, sure.
2: um, I will. I'll go. Do you want to respond, DJ?
1: No, no. Please, yeah, you can go.
2: Okay, great question. So, uh, the difference is essentially on the intent behind it, uh, the difference between a debate and a discussion. A debate usually um, has the idea that one person wins. It's a zero-sum game. Um, usually, rarely is there a, a, a compromise met. Uh, sometimes, however, there's usually the goal to win over the other, prevail over the other versus a discussion is the idea that there's there's, there's, there's rights or truths on both or all any sides and that there's a way in which everybody can progress from the different perceptions they may have on an issue. So that's something that we want to encourage since it's a little bit healthier and it's a little bit more realistic that there are uh, truths in any and all sides to an issue.
0: Okay, yeah, so so, with a debate, what we see on television right we have uh, the vice presidential debates coming up, and I think we have another second round of presidential debates on sunday uh, with uh Clinton and trump and so based on what you just said with the debate, what we're seeing listeners obviously is they're make they're doing a debate with the purpose, the intent of winning, right? Winning why they should be elected president, winning why they believe that they believe in the actions they're going to take. So the idea and then you often hear the the commentators and the journalists and all that saying, So who do we think won the debate, right? And so it <laughs> is with that purpose. Now, when we're in the workplace and so it's not to say that debates are always, un, you know, destructive and unhealthy. They, they are a, there's a purpose to that, right? They, they can be productive, mm-hmm. and that's why they put such structure, right, on these presidential debates. There's very specific time frames. There's ground rules. There's all kinds of things. And So is there an example, if anything, um, and maybe what's trending right now in terms of an unhealthy debate, uh, we probably see all the Trump and all the debates in the past on YouTube. Is there anything in particular that's standing out in your mind now in terms of what a, a destructive and unhealthy debate is?
2: Yeah, so we're nonpartisan at BRAVE. However, we can't help to notice certain um, things that all candidates kind of uh, use as a tactic. So mudslinging is often something that we kind of, you know, shy away from here. And mudslinging being the idea of, you know, Ad hominem attacks, which is kind of a logical fallacy whereby instead of um, directly addressing an issue at hand um, that's relevant to the actual debate, they decide to attack the, uh, the actual person that they are in debate with. And it's usually not relevant to the actual debate. It's more so just to uh, intimidate um, the other, or to get those who are listening, the audience uh, and viewers, to, to, to kind of uh, get distracted from the issue at hand and focus on something that's not relevant. So we see a lot of mud swinging. And that's just, you know, unnecessary. In, uh, if our goal is to, to foster um, a way to learn more about the actual current issues and how they can be um, better managed.
0: Okay, great. Anything, Sujay, that you wanted to add about an unhealthy, destructive debate? Anything else coming to mind that you've experienced or seen?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned before, I, um, I'm i involved in the Residence Hall Association at our, uh, at our at my university. Um, and uh, so that's I'm a student government official. So uh, just recently, and, and many other universities have experienced this across the United States, um, there were some... Uh, racially inflammatory uh, flyers uh, posted throughout campus. Um, now, we are a public university, and our university, you know, supports free speech, so it's, it, we got in a really sticky situation on what we can do. Um, and there were, you know, all kinds of campus-wide protests going on. Um, it got pretty heated. Our, our, our university president is, is hosting all sorts of uh, discussions, dialogues, uh, once again dialogues not debates. Um and what you what you saw on campus was uh a you know, a lot of perfumes and um it it wasn't it was it, it did become uh, toxic at some point. You had uh so this is once again uh this is a reason why you should go towards dialogue rather than debate when uh when you're trying to reach uh you know understanding with people and trying to resolve conflict rather than uh, provoke conflict. Um you had a we had a student group on campus uh which decided to you know just uh, at the same time uh just happened at the same time that uh they would host a debate uh not a dialogue a debate on the merits behind the, the black Lives matter movement and that uh that added play, uh fuel to the fire uh, to say uh, mm. and um so that's once again another example um and um on how not to uh you know, uh, try to arrive at an understanding, uh, per se, especially when uh, viewpoints can be uh, limited and misconstrued at the same time. Um, so mm-hmm. it's uh, that's just a personal, that's a really recent uh, experience actually, um, and uh, I just thought I'd bring that up too.
0: Well, I'm glad because you know I think a lot of listeners who are television viewers, or radio listeners. <laughs> I think more often not, they probably see unhealthy and experienced destructive debate than more than they 've seen the productive structured debates that's focused on you know the issues and and shedding light on the pros and cons the the advantages or disadvantages of a particular issue or opinion that they're you know debating about. Um, you know, and so unfortunately I think, you know, so many people go to, you know, Vimeo and YouTube and all that and see what's what's really not a healthy debate at all, and then they think that that's what debate is, you know, unfortunately. So we know that, as you said, Remy, you know, the mudslinging, the the attacking the person, the intimidation, we've seen a lot of that in this presidential uh, election uh, that's been coming off. And so we're going to talk just a little bit about the impact, but I did want to get into – how do we use, um, you know, healthy debates and or healthy dialogue? Because that's what y'all are about—is the dialogue uh, for having these tough issues. But what are some impacts when we are having these unhealthy fights in the workplace, uh, in our communities? What, what's the what's that impact?
2: Yeah. So in our research, uh, and which is well over ten years now, we just. Have been really interested in focusing on conflicts for that long, and just in the R&D aspect of this. But we have found some really startling statistics, including over 359 billion—not millions, billions of dollars—in paid hours are spent dealing with workplace conflicts alone, mm. and that's only in the U.S. Imagine oh, how wow. much it would be globally. Yeah. $359 mm-hmm. billion, just to stress that. Um, what we're also seeing is other billion-dollar uh, figures. Um, there's about a billion dollars is estimated as to the amount of uh, sick hours um, that go when people decide to um, take a sick um, a leave of absence because they're trying to avoid someone from work. And... Um, the fact that there's also a high turnover due to conflicts, leading to even more um, money being just just drained. And it's just a constant cycle that we're seeing in many, many industries in the U.S. alone. Um, and I'm also having people call internationally and telling me personal and professional stories about the conflicts that they are enduring and how it's affecting them, not just financially, like the stats um, suggest, but even emotionally and um, physically, uh, what we're seeing also are there's links to uh, heart attacks and strokes with conflicts because we are internalizing our conflicts, leading to uh, depression and suicides, or externalizing it, causing the bullying that we might see at workplace uh, um, conflicts and hostile environments, and even homicides. So there's this uh, phenomenon of issues that surround this huge source of ills that we generally try to shy away from. And what we're trying to do is get people to understand and acknowledge that this is really having a detrimental effect on my livelihood and, and those around me. And so we need to do something about that.
0: You know, it's really sad, you know, as you're saying, because I think, you know, this this shouldn't be new, although billions of dollars are spent on workplace conflict And yet we should be probably spending, you know, huge amounts of money in workplace organizations to really learn how to handle conflict in more constructive and productive ways, as you said, to empower the individual, to empower the organization, to really have these tough conversations in productive ways. And I think that when we see this increase of violence on television, I mean, just last week recently was another killing from an employee who was upset and he went in and killed two or three people. I think it was uh, in the South somewhere, Tennessee or something like that. And, um, and and we constantly hear these stories and then, so then people get even more afraid, right? They get even more afraid to have difficult conversations because they're (laughs) like, Oh, is someone going to get, so instead of, you know, embracing, we need to have more of them. I think what it does is it shuts people down and, and they, they, they get motivated by fear, but they go in the opposite direction in terms of a destructive or avoidance tactic. So with your brain exactly. online platform, your, can you give an example of a workplace conflict that you were able to use as platform to help have one of these difficult dialogues?
2: Yeah. So again, we are nonpartisan, but something that recently came up um, in discussion is the fact that um, Ivanka Trump has been stating that she really likes the idea of uh, youth, empowering youth and, and women uh, in, in business. And so recently an article came up suggesting that she does not pay her interns and how that might be de- detrimental for them. And so one of her interns in particular penned one of the articles um, in question. And so that's something that could be managed on the conflict alone, or on our platform alone, you know, just something as simple as that. Perhaps not necessarily a financial gain for the intern, but perhaps um, uh, hashing out some sort of compromise that everybody feels um, that, that they can ultimately benefit from.
0: Okay. And again, we already talked about a number of the technology tools in in which to have that conversation. And I imagine this would work really well, not just within an organization where the coworkers are in the same location, but now we have we see more and more trends that people are teleworking, uh, virtual teams from different states, uh, even international work teams. So I can imagine this platform is beautiful in having those kind of difficult conversations and dialogues on, on difficult topics uh, because we're becoming a more of a virtual world. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but it seems like that would be a good fit.
2: And all, uh, that's a great point and a great segue to the statistic that we found that millennials – are looking for more ways to communicate with others, particularly online as technology becomes um, more available, but also um, making us become a little bit more distant with one another. Mm.
0: So Jay, anything else you wanted to add about uh, you know how this can benefit uh, workplaces in terms of virtual teams? Anything that you have an experience about or, or anything you want to add?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to support um, what has been said already, uh, it, it's easy to become, to what, you know, in our increasingly you know virtual world, uh, to become disconnected when you're not working with, you know, people necessarily face to face, and uh, so it's it's harder to to uh, express emotions. It's harder to um, to really a, a lot of the way a lot of the ways we communicate is through body language. Uh, And through reading people's faces, things along those lines. Um, When you have uh, such such an uh, environment, actually, um, likely creates friction um, to potentially uh, to cultivate uh, conflict. And that's uh, so. I think uh, the value proposition that that Brave offers is especially useful in those kind of situations uh, where you can uh, where we can provide a solution where we can take uh, some of those. Uh, negative variables away and facilitate healthy dialogue.
0: Mm, okay, great. Thank you. So there's a couple things I uh, that come to mind as some strategies listeners, especially right now when we're, you know, as the elections are coming closer, we have another five, six weeks left. Uh, I think tensions are going to get even hotter uh, as uh, as the debates go on and, and the conversations happen. And I think from what you were saying earlier, Remy and, and Sujay, I, I think there's three things that are coming to mind. One, don't if you're having these kind of conversations in the workplace or maybe you're having it in your neighborhood or you're having in your church community or wherever you're having these conversations on a really hot topic and we've been talking about the presidential elections but that's just one of many and in texas we got the whole open carry gun law you know and that's been a really hot debate so there's lots of hot debates going on but the thing is is if you're going to have a dialogue uh, or even have a debate a healthy one don't attack the person; attack the issue, right? And, and and Remy was saying, you know, that is a very destructive thing to attack the person. That's what we see a lot. But attack the issue. What is the issue at hand? Speak, um, um, speak to be heard. Because a lot of times we speak to intimidate and to make people afraid. And so, how can you think about? how you can say what you need to say to be heard. Sometimes we yell, we shout, and we say things. And, and, and ironically, we want so much and so badly for someone to hear our perspective, but the way in which we're delivering the message causes the other person to shut down, to run away, to, or maybe even to counterattack. So the very thing you want the most, is not happening because of how you're delivering it. So speak to be heard. And uh, is there another one other tip that either of you would like to give, just based on our conversation today?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, this also reminds me of the uh, the fact that uh, presidential candidate Hillary Clinton was recorded um, in stating that one of the um, larger communities of color. Were consider, particularly the males in that community were considered super predators. And that was something that has been going on and being circulated now, particularly in that community of color that she had mentioned. And many people keep asking her to, to discuss what she meant. As she stated that, I understand, uh, maybe a decade ago or even longer than that. And she's been kind of either shying away or just um, – I don't know, just not giving a comprehensive answer to the satisfaction of that community as they continue to ask her. Um, One time in particular, she was giving a speech at an event, and one member actually confronted her right then and there, interrupting her speech. And people uh, attacked that member, stating, you're being rude. And so... um, not only was the person who was hoping to get a valid answer out of her um, called out of place and kind of threatened and intimidated down, but also um, presidential candidate Clinton felt attacked. So that was kind of a lose situation at that time. Uh, Utilizing a platform um, where both parties, or all parties rather, who are in conflict or, or engagement, feel that they will be uh, safe and secure without being attacked is crucial to getting any sort of valid dialogue um, and, and um, potential compromise from, from occurring. So that's something that we'd like to, to um, encourage our, the, our listeners here and users at large to kind of get acclimated um, with and start utilizing BRAVE in that regard. Well, very good, okay, so
0: that's a nice segue to Sue as we close out the program uh, because I think you have a, an opportunity for our listeners, sue go ahead.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, with uh, we at brave uh, would love to like you know hear uh, from 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 the listeners uh, from everyone listening to us uh, on what their thoughts are um, on conflict management. Um, and engage with us. Uh, so uh, we'd we'd really love it uh, to have uh, the listeners uh, come join us in the conversation um, at, on our on our website. Uh, you go to uh, discussions.brave.org, or if you just go to brave.org and hit the discussions tab. Uh, you'll you'll get there. Uh, we do have a um, a special offer for our listeners um, for your listeners uh, tonight. Um, it's and and remember it's brave.org. It's it's B-R-A-V. um, I think that's how we spell it. Uh, so it's b-r-a-v.org um, and join the discussion.
0: And then when they go to the discussion, um, I understand there is some they're they're answering a question. And then what do they get in in in, in um, uh, by filling out this question survey?
2: They're able sure. to uh, receive a free uh, session directly on the website. So while we're rolling out the different features, um, we encourage you to go on our website, uh, the discussions page, click on share your story, and discuss different conflicts that you may have witnessed, either personal or professional. Upload uh, news clips um, directly from YouTube, or even if you've um, enacted um, a conflict or you've witnessed a conflict that you would like to um, place on video and upload, that's great. We have polling features, all different ways in which we can talk about our conflicts and the best ways to handle them. Also, we have pre-packages that are uh, available uh, while we are rolling out these features. You can please contact us at info at for more information.
0: Okay, so by participating and sharing their story, they'll, they'll get a free session essentially so that they can learn how to use the platform and, and get the experience on the platform uh, and doing that. And, and listeners, will post that on our program page as well, um, you know, so you can go back and, and click on the link directly. Um, all right, so brave.org, B-R-A-V dot uh, to the discussion uh, and share your story tab. And uh, what final messages as we close, what final message do you all want to leave?
2: So we want to remind our users and our listeners um, that this whole idea is to empower yourself and others through direct compromise. It shouldn't be something that we shy away from or get scared to address or even be combative. We need to find ways to compromise with any and all parties so that we can be a healthier being in general.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Sujay, and thank you, Remy, for returning. Listeners, have a great night, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you enjoyed the program. You can find all of our podcasts archived to listen at your convenience at TexasConflictCoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. You can also become a Facebook fan of Conflict Connection or Twitter me at TXConflictCoach.